If Jennifer Lawrence couldn't get paid as much as her male Hunger Game colleagues, what are our chances? Even though women in Australia have been given the legal right to equal pay three times since 1969, in 2017 the gender pay gap for women on a $150,000 salary costs close to $27,000 each year. The figures are even worse in the financial services industry and this gap and the issues that underpin it are generally replicated throughout the Western world. Now we do need to be careful about statistics. Sometimes these salary differences are a result of more men choosing higher paid industries than women. What I want to focus on is you and your industry so that you make sure you're paid what you're worth. I used to think salary negotiation didn't matter. If I did well, I'd get a pay rise. The last time I was up for a pay rise, which is a long time ago now, if you got less than 5%, that was your boss's way of telling you he or she didn't think very highly of you. Now those days are well and truly gone, the days of the 7-8% annual increases, they're well and truly gone. So it does matter, because if the pay rise that you get is small, it's important that the percentage is based on a higher base salary. If you plotted it on a graph, if you don't get your starting salary correct, over time the gap between what you would have got on a higher salary and what you currently get, the gap gets wider and wider over time. There's some really nasty statistics around that show that as few as 7% of executive women negotiate their salary. Now that's terrible. Executives who negotiate from their university days can make $500,000 more than those who don't. And that men who negotiated their initial salaries were usually able to raise them by 7.4%. And over time, obviously, Women executives who consistently negotiate earn at least $1 million more than those who don't. We're talking about a lot of money, but we're also talking about respect. It can often be more difficult for women to be treated as seriously as men, especially in male-dominated industries. So here's your chance to set a tone as somebody who has authority and gravitas, who needs to be treated with respect. to career chinwags for the 21st century. I'm a career practitioner who's worked with thousands of clients over the past 20 years, so I've had quite a bit of time to think about career issues. Each fortnight I'll pick up on an issue that takes my fancy. Some will be extremely practical, such as episode 16, where I think I give some interesting advice on how to answer common interview questions. Other episodes tend to cover more big picture topics, such as podcast 9, where I offer advice about long-term career survival. In today's episode, I'm going to try to make female professionals feel comfortable about negotiating their salary. I want to talk to you about Barbie. I think a key barrier to overcoming the mental block about negotiating salary is that we often think it's for highly skilled people, as in, that's interesting as a concept, Catherine, but it's not for the likes of me. I used to think the same thing until I gathered my courage and had a go. So some years ago, I was a subcontractor delivering career transition support to the employees of the Barbie factory in Kuala Lumpur. So if you ever come into my office, you'll see Barbies everywhere. I soon discovered that I was getting paid the same daily rate as the team I was managing. 
And as you can imagine, I wasn't happy. But I viewed it as my fault for not negotiating properly and I just got on with the project. Lo and behold, a few weeks later, my client approached me to renegotiate some terms of the contract. Aha, I thought, now's my chance. I found it really difficult to do this. And one of the reasons was I was negotiating with a very clever, very dominant man who was very daunting. But did I give up? No. I can still remember that room and every night in that room in Kuala Lumpur, as the monkeys were trying to steal my food, I practised. I practised and practised aloud, carefully choosing my words so that they conveyed exactly what I wanted to convey. And when it came time for me to talk, I just forced the words out of my mouth exactly as I practised them. And I got my pay increase. When it comes to men behaving badly in the workplace, I think we've had our Me Too Harvey Weinstein moment where women have come out in force to say that enough is enough. If these women have the strength of mind to do such a difficult thing, it's worth thinking about tackling the much smaller challenge of speaking up in salary negotiation. Even Jennifer Lawrence said she'd do things differently next time. She couldn't have been more clear. Here's what she said. I'm over trying to find the adorable way to state my opinion and still be likeable. However, and to me it's such a sad however, we still need to face reality. Much as I wish it weren't so, female negotiators can be viewed as aggressive and demanding. Does this mean you shouldn't negotiate? No. But what I'm going to talk about today is rather than fighting the stereotype, look at some strategies to work around it. Sheryl Sandberg has written a very famous book. So Sheryl Sandberg's the COO of Facebook. And she wrote a famous a book which became very famous called Lean In. And she has some very good advice. So what I'm going to do today is talk about her five tips and elaborate and give some of my perspective as well. Tip number one, she recommends that you preface the deal by pointing to the general male-female pay disparity. It's the elephant in the room and it gives you an external and valid reason to appear as a tough negotiator. Instead of you using phrases like, what I want is, you would say something like, I've looked at what males at this level are being paid, and then of course go on to talk. By referencing males, it's going to make it more difficult for the employer to refuse your request. They either agree to pay what a male would earn or they run the risk of being shown up as not caring about female equality. Tip number two, combine niceness with insistence. I was talking recently with a very strategic male executive. His boss was not at all strategic and the two were often at loggerheads. My client was amazed when I suggested changing his communication style to match that of his boss. What I'm about to suggest is the same for women. It's well worth taking the approach of being relentlessly pleasant. You may think that you shouldn't have to, and you can tell I'm going to say that I'm the first to agree, but remember, we don't operate in a perfect world. So smile frequently and express appreciation and concern 
and talk about common interests. Emphasise the larger goals and approach negotiation as solving a problem rather than taking a critical stance. So something like, I know that our company wants to position itself as an employer of choice. Being able to promote that we are paying women the same salary as men at equal levels will help a lot. Tip three, justify your negotiation. Highlight current industry market value. Do your research and bring the evidence with you. And you would say something like, my understanding is that jobs at this level are usually compensated at this range. Tip number four, speak communally. I'm really struggling to say this, but again, the stereotype is that women are meant to be inclusive. Your boss is more likely to react well if you use we instead of I. We had a great year last year rather than I had a great year last year. And the final tip is to fake it till you make it. Prepare as best as you can and then act confident, even if you aren't. When it comes to salary, your choices are quite clear cut. Never negotiate for your entire life or start negotiating. Even the most reticent of women I talk to knows the shocking effect of never negotiating. But they usually put it off. They wait till that magical day when they have the confidence to start. One day, they say to themselves. One day. If that person is you, and you know that at some stage of your life you will negotiate, you might as well do it now. One of my friends, Rachel, was offered an internal promotion a few years ago. She was shifting from a state IT manager role to a national IT manager role. At the time, I made the idle comment, that would have to be worth at least a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Rachel was quite surprised and she went off to investigate. She found out, indeed, that roles generally were paying in excess of $200,000. When Rachel negotiated with her organisation, they were gobsmacked. They commented that to give her what she wanted would be a 70% salary increase, that they had never awarded such an increase to an internal applicant and that they couldn't do it. Rachel held firm and some years later told me that she was only able to do so by repeating to herself, what would a man have done? What would a man have done? Obviously, me telling you this story will tell you that she was successful. Now, the added point to this story is immediately after her pay rise, her organisation prepared for an international IPO and there was a worldwide salary freeze for two years. If Rachel had not held firm, she not only would never have caught up with her desired salary, she would have effectively gone backwards, as did most of the rest of her colleagues, including the men. So what's your hygiene like? According to the widely respected Hertzberg's hygiene factors, salary is not a motivating factor when it comes to work satisfaction. We don't leave for work each day ecstatically chanting, can't wait to go to work today because I'm going to earn $547.95. Most of us would have no idea what our daily pay rate is and it is certainly not the factor that causes us delight. However, 
And it is a very important, however, feeling as though you are not being fairly remunerated can be a demotivating factor. It can lead to that downward vicious cycle of underperforming because you're feeling as though your employer is taking advantage of you. This cycle is hard to escape from and, of course, it can damage your career, even in future jobs. We talk a lot about duty of care in the modern workplace. So what about our responsibilities to the next generation of women? What sort of world do we want to leave them? I've mentioned that we don't live in a perfect world as the basis for suggesting that you work around stereotypes. How wonderful would it be if this advice were redundant, just not needed at all? It's taken a long time for women to raise their voices about sexist, degrading and violent workplaces. Let's not leave it another 20 years before we tackle salary negotiation. Start now. You can't control the response that you will receive to your words. We never can. But at least you will know that you behaved with skill and with bravery. And that's not a bad thought to hold in your heart. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love it if you could share the podcast or perhaps leave a review. I'm still doing a podcast every fortnight and next episode I'm going to talk about nine death wish approaches to interviews with tips, of course, on how to avoid them. Remember, I've got lots of notes on the website at careerconsult.com.au which will help you as a backing for what I've talked about today. I'll repeat that, careerconsult.com.au. And I religiously do a mail out once a fortnight. It might be a video or a blog or an infographic. If you're interested, either contact the office or you'll find a sign-up form on my website. Let's end with a hashtag. Hashtag, why not be happy at work? <music>